Hello, and welcome to the Behind the Brawl podcast brought to you by Barbells for Boobs, where we are redefining the standard of breast health care and improving life, the quality of life, not just life, the quality of life post-diagnosis. <laughs> I'm your host, Diana Hansen, and the founder of this incredible organization. Thank you for joining us. Today, I'm a little excited and funny. You heard it in my intro, because we have someone in the building! <laughs> I am so freaking excited right now. If you could see me, nothing would be different about anything. Um, But you all know human connection right now is a special thing. So to have somebody sitting across from you, we are six feet apart. Don't worry. COVID. Today we have Emma Moritz, a mother, wife, breast cancer survivor. She says athlete, but I'm just going to call her a straight beast. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. Yay. I see you. You see me. <clears throat> We're going to have a good old time today. I'm excited to share Emma's story, for her to share her story, to share it with the world. Um, I've gotten to really get to know her this past year, so I want to know more. I want to know more. That's scary. I only know that you can work out really, really fast. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> So I'm going to start my first question, okay. as we always do at Barbells for Booms. Who are you? I'm me. <laughs> the loaded question of the day. Right? It's like when a job interview and they say, tell us what's tell us. great about you. Um, <clears throat> so I'm originally from Australia. I moved out here after going no. to high school. Is that the yes. is- <laughs> Shut up. Shut the front door. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Um, moved out here after going to high school. Um, just It was a temporary thing to go to college and... We'll just say many, many years later, I'm still here. I feel like a lot of us here in the U.S. want to go to Australia for college. Why would you want to come here for college? Um, at the time, <laughs> loaded question. Um, my dad had offered to pay for four years of college for me here because he was living out here, which was the offer he gave my brother. So oh. love my dad dearly. Um, I was like, I better jump on that opportunity before it's not there anymore, which could be tomorrow. So I took it and, you know, that four-year bachelor turned into a seven-year, which, yeah, anyway. But sure. finally got it done. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I'm just, I'm pretty much an open book. I'm So grew up in Australia. Yeah. Like, were you a surfer? Did you, like, what? Because I know you love the beach. So funnily <laughs> enough, I was not a surfer growing up. Um, the first time I surfed was actually my junior year in high school in P.E., I took a four-week surfing class in PA. I was like, oh, this is pretty fun, and then didn't do it again until I moved here. And I was probably in my early 20s when I picked that up. And so came out here. What, what college did you go to out here? Um, I My undergrad is from Long Beach State. Woo-hoo! Yep, Sorry. Yep, 49er. Long Beach State. And then my first master's degree is from Cal State Dominguez Hills, and my second one is from Liberty University. So you just came and plot it right down in Southern California. <clears throat> I did. Is that where your dad was? or? It was, yeah. Okay. Well, he was at the time, and then he moved back out to Hawaii, which is where he is now. Um, he's all, always all over the place. It's like, wow, Australia, Hawaii, Southern well, California, Well, that's the rough joke life. with my husband that he married me just for his vacation homes because I have family in Australia and Hawaii. So I'm like, is it me or was it the vacation destination? <laughs> so go to Long Beach State, Cal State Dominguez. What did you study? Um, my undergrad is in kinesiology, specializing oh. in PE teaching, which is what I've been doing. And then my master's degrees both are in counseling. One is school counseling and one is military resilience counseling, which is like the reintegration um, back off deployments, prom- uh, 
PTSD, that kind of stuff. I think that's really cool. Just even just the things that we're doing at Barbells for Boobs, like how much physical activity impacts the mental health. You know, like the fact that that's what you studied. <laughs> it's like you started with physical activity because I feel like that's the root of right. how you kind of kind of break any type of mental health Well, it was purely by mold. accident. I actually wanted to go for um, physical therapy, but at the time that was impacted. So I was like, well, I'll do athletic training. That's kind of the same deal. And back when you filled your application out in pencil, yes, I'm that old. Um, when they put it into the computer, they put it into PE teaching. And I was like, well, that's not right. Like, well, I don't want to be a Some PE of these teacher. classes are the same, so I'll just do those and then I'll just transfer over and ended up really enjoying what I was doing. So and there you I have never it. wanted to be a teacher. Just kind of fell into it. Yeah, because I was like, why would I willingly put myself into what we used to put our teachers through? Ew. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> 19 years later. <laughs> I will say that my, some of my favorite and best teachers were my PE teachers. Like most influential people yeah. in my life were my PE teachers. Because um, I think For that sure. you get a different chance to get to know a student in PE. Like I think that especially as a little girl, you're really vulnerable in PE. Mm-hmm. And number one, have, having to change into the PE costume first of all. <laughs> Costume. That costume. <laughs> your I costume? was like, "What is this? It's green and ugly, and it has my name on the front." <laughs> I was one of those girls who was like, "No, I'm not gonna run. I'm not gonna do that." And look and, at and you then, now. Then look at me now, exactly, because I had Miss Candelaria. Shout out to Miss Candelaria that <laughs> she didn't force it on me. She just kept just kind of showing me and educating gently me, encouraging. gently encouraging me to be an ultimate badass. You know, so. Yeah, so PE teachers are valuable. <laughs> Very valuable. <laughs> so um, right, at her, right after you got your master's degree, uh-huh. did you go right into teaching? Like, how um, did that transition Right look? after my bachelor's degree, actually, I went, did my student teaching right here in Southgate. Okay. Locally with LA Unified. Um, through unfortunate circumstances there with some situations that occurred, I actually fell into a teaching job right there. Um, did my first four years there. They opened a new school, went there. So I did my first eight years with LA Unified. And that's where you're going back this um, year. In Southgate, and that Ooh. is where I am going back to. Yes. <laughs> Look at you prying on my Facebook page. Yeah, what? No. <laughs> I don't follow you. Yeah. No, so I'm, I'm actually going back there um, to a school out by USC um, as a school counselor, middle school counselor. Are you excited about that? I am. Is that your first time going to be do, like doing that type of job counseling? No. Or? Um, I was in West Virginia for two years. Um, my husband was in the military. He just recently retired a year ago. Um, so I've kind of been all over the place, but I was counseling out there. Okay. So that what was do you a, like more? You know, I enjoy them both. Um, it, we should have like a hybrid job of, hey, in right. the morning I, I am the PE teacher and then in the afternoon come to no, you with all your problems. No more hybrids of anything. <laughs> I'm done with the word hybrid. <laughs> Let me be in or out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoy them both just as much. They're really, really different. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I just like getting to know my kids like as whole people, not mm-hmm. just report cards. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. So, this has been an interesting year as a teacher. Yeah, it has. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think that there's a lot of, I honestly think that there's a lot of teachers in our community. Um, so, I would want to hear it just from the front lines Personally, I need, I, need your, I need your support right now. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just kidding. Um, there's not only a lot of teachers in our community, there's a lot of parents, right? A lot of moms. Um, and this is a big challenge that we're, we're all up against. It's, yeah. Parents aren't alone. Teachers are suffering just as much. Uh, and I, the, the common thing that I've heard, and you can kind of verify this, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, parents right now just feel like, 
all the responsibilities on them and not feeling very supported from the school system and the teachers. No, let me, let me finish. Cause I want your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, let me finish. Um, I also think that you guys had to do it overnight just yeah. as much as we had to do it overnight. And so what we saw, I think from the end of the last year's school year is not what we're going to be dealing with. Hopefully, for this. hopefully, yeah. right. Hopefully if the, there's if been, your school district has it together. So there you go. Tell me, yeah. tell me about your, um, your so, experience. Well, for me, it was even more strange and challenging because I teach PE. So a lot of the classroom teachers were already using some of like the Google Classroom and, you know, all the different documents and they knew how to make their own YouTube videos with their channel and all of this sort of stuff. I teach PE. Mm-hmm. I have a whiteboard and a marker mm-hmm. and my voice. I take that back. I have a portable stereo system too that I figured out how to link my phone Bluetooth wise to play music. So that was my big tech thing for the year. Um, So literally we had already, we had a student free day already planned for March 13th. That was Friday the 13th. And that week in itself is a teacher's nightmare because the Sunday we came off of daylight savings time. Oh no, we went on to it. We had a full moon on the Tuesday and we had a Friday the 13th. There was like three of the teacher's worst nightmares and you rolled them all into one and then closed schools. So we were in our staff meetings on the 13th. I love 13th. what's on the teacher's mind during this week because I wasn't thinking about any of that. I tell you, it was a week of just chaos from, from the get-go. It was a... And it was, it was just, the whole week just had a really weird vibe about it anyway. Um, not even thinking that schools were closing. That hadn't entered at least my mind. Um, until the Thursday night, the school district up the hill from me announced they were closing. And I was like, well, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Why would they be doing that? We had meetings and by 10 o'clock that morning, we knew. Um, I was down. in a small private school. Um, we actually called it before LA Unified did. Um, they were one of the last ones. I, I think everybody was waiting for LA Unified to call it because then people just kind of go with the flow. Um, so we had another pupil free day. Then um, we had about three hours of tech training on the Friday, about the same on the f- Monday. And then we were told we had to have our classes up and running by Wednesday. Were you able to, <laughs> did you host Zoom PE classes? I didn't. Um, just because my kids, um, they were all in zoom classes for their teachers anyhow. Um, and I was trying to take that pressure off. I didn't want them to have to, Oh, at one o'clock I have to log in for this. Um, and because we were supposed to be staying home, I mean, you've seen my backyard on zoom. I have a tiny space anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I didn't know how many parents were comfortable with the kids being outside in the yard even or are they keeping them strictly indoors so you know for my little ones so I was teaching TK which is four-year-olds through eighth grade oh wow so I had 10 different classes to prep for yeah um so I was trying to take the pressure off and give them something they could do independently even with the little ones it might have been a meditation um yoga dvd um through youtube Mm -hmm. that the parents could just put on for them put them in front of the tv and like for 15 minutes the parents could take that breath and go get that cup of coffee or go to the bathroom or whatever it is that they need to to go and scream quietly Mm -hmm. in the bathroom try and take that pressure off um i did a lot of relaxation and meditation stuff um with links and that even for the families just to go on and i kind of encouraged even with the workout stuff from my junior high kids, you know, parents get in there with them. We're all mm-hmm. home right now. You try and take that 30 minute break and let's go do something with mm-hmm. them. So 
Well, it's funny now, if we go into this school year, I know it's like everyone's pretty much doing distance learning, um, but I feel like we can all still just have host PE classes because everyone's okay being outside. <laughs> like, yeah. at the park at 10. <laughs> right? <laughs> Do some burpees. Well, and that was the whole thing is, you know, we're supposed to be getting place, pacing plans ready for how we were going to go through the school year, and I kept going, well... For me, it's vastly different. As a classroom teacher, they can still do the same content. How they present it's going to be slightly different. But for mm-hmm. PE, I really have to change my content mm-hmm. from in-person to online. Um, so, but now I don't have to worry about you don't that. Have to. And You're a counselor. <laughs> somebody else's issue. Somebody else's problem. For, um, for all you PE teachers and, out there. <laughs> and then, you know, towards the end of it, it started becoming an issue because the quote-unquote students were becoming overwhelmed and anxious and stressed so those uh special classes music and pe or then at least where i'm at became optional they become muted which i feel like Um, those are the ones that should be optimized during this time which i then i literally saw my participation drop down to about five percent of my kids oh my goodness which made me sad because you know i was like that's like that outlet that's what they need that's what got through me this whole cancer thing Mm -hmm. if i wasn't able to be physical i'd be in a hot mess or more of a hot mess let's 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 go there let's go there let's Let's talk about that i like our listeners to get to know you all because there's more to you than just cancer so i always like to dig into who you are a little bit before we get such a minor snippet of me too it's just a minor minor it is snippet I'm going to start using that word, snippet. Snippet. <laughs> so take, like, who were you and where were you at in your career, in your family life, the day before your breast cancer diagnosis? <laughs> you like that question? Loaded question, go. <laughs> I was driving back from San Diego two days after Christmas. Um, <laughs> literally. Um, so, you know, I was married. Well, I, I still am married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that could have been awkward. Um, uh, yeah, you know, married have a son um i guess at the time he was seven um we had just what was this 2018 so i'd only moved back to southern california about a year and a half earlier we transferred back um from the east coast um you know life was good i was happy most of the time i mean you know mm-hmm. like everybody else but for overall i was happy i was in really good shape healthy um yeah. you know I mean, i'm still now after cancer in better shape than i was when i was in high school so mm-hmm. um yeah happy healthy probably the last person and i kept hearing at hospital were like you shouldn't be here mm-hmm. this shouldn't be happening to you um you know i'd just been in san diego celebrating christmas with my family um my mom was out from Australia and my brother was living down in Carlsbad so we would go down there and they had a big house so we'd stay all stay for like three or four days and um my story is a little bit different I didn't know I had cancer till after the fact <laughs> and I see this is so Australian this, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I do everything backwards <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because all my doctors are like you have such a weird complicated case I'm like yeah shocker <laughs> um, yeah the look on your face was like what do you mean you didn't know till after the fact so little background my mother had breast cancer um, probably 20 years ago how old um, was she? Was she pretty young? Forty nine. Well? Okay, so she's yeah, that's young. She had a lumpectomy. They had to go back in, um, and then they did some lymph node stuff. Um, and her oncologist was like, well, it's really weird because when we were trying to look at the cells, every time we touched them, they just kept falling apart. So we're not quite sure what it was, what type it was, and everything else. Um, she had, I think, twenty six or thirty rounds of radiation, and yeah, lymphedema in that one arm. Um, 
her doctors are like, you know, don't work out or to make it worse for her. It's the one thing actually that makes her, we call it her fat arm better. Um, and she'll just out. refer yeah. to it as, oh, it's my fat arm. Um, and my grandmother, my maternal grandmother also had breast cancer. Jeez. Um, I think I was about 13. And back then she went in for a lumpectomy. Um, and I, I don't know, it must've been much more severe cause they they just did a whole mastectomy on that side. Um, so my, she went in thinking she was just having this lump taken out and my mom had to break it to her that they, well, they kind of took your whole boob. Um, so actually when my grandmother, who's now 91 and as healthy as can be, wow. um, found out about my situation, she goes, Oh, just tell Emma, she can live perfectly fine with one boob. <laughs> She uses her prosthetic pocket in her uh, bra to stash her money in when she's traveling. She's like, nobody's going to run up, go to an old lady's bra. So, you know, so that's kind of where that started. So I've been getting mammograms since I was probably about 25 and I really had to push for it. And the doctor's like, nothing's going to show up. You're so young. You have dense breast tissue. I said, okay, I get it. I have insurance. Here's my family history. You're going to do this. So they humored me and did that and you know you always do the well we need to do a second one because mm-hmm. we have no baseline so every time I transferred with my husband for the military it was this ongoing go. find somewhere new redo them did you was this an annual thing would you get screening yeah. annually yeah since so, you were 25 mm-hmm. wow yeah that's amazing um yeah, it's a pain in the it's a pain in the ass but yeah. it's amazing that I you go in it. again next week too um Ooh. yeah yay. yay thought it was all over um so I was doing that and so I had that August of 2018, just my regular yearly thing. And they're like, well, we need you to come back because there's a couple of spots we want to look at with a bit more detail. We see some calcification, but we just want to take a close look. I was like, all right, whatever. This is pretty normal for me. They go, well, come back. We didn't think anything of it. So they did. And they're like, all right, you know, um, we'll get back to you. Okay, no big deal. Figured it was like everything else. You'll get get that letter saying everything was clear. We'll see you in another year, blah, blah, blah. Um, they ended up saying they wanted to do a biopsy. They're like, well, there's calcification there, which it might be nothing, but it's it's in a pretty linear kind of shape, um, which is not normally how we see it. So we just want to have a look. Okay, yeah. Never in my mind thinking it would be anything yet again. Um, go in, they do this. I'm like, oh, how long is this going to be? I'm thinking, you know, it'll be super quick. I got my kid with me. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, he can't go in cause he's under this age. So now he has to sit in this waiting room. Like it'll be about two hours. I was like, are you kidding that's me? That's responsible. <laughs> um, uh, well, like, do you want to reschedule? I'm like, how can I reschedule this? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been six weeks from the time the they original said we need screening. to do it to get in, to get the biopsy. All right. All right, buddy, you stay here. you got a book. This lady, you know, at the receptionist said she'll keep it up. Oh, my gosh. So I'm stressing about my kid being by himself. Mm -hmm. So they go in, you know, they stick this giant, I like to call it the rotorita needle in there. The sound is annoying. They do that. Come back in five days, get your results. Okay, no big deal. Wait, this biopsy took two hours? Most of it was, like, getting you lined up. Um, I had to, like, lay on my belly and... Just getting you prepped and doing the actual test. Yeah, I think it was probably about an hour and a half by the time, like, I walked into walking out. Out. Mm -hmm. Um, By the time they got you lined up and everything on the screen right and measured. Anyway. Um, Went back in five days for my results. Went by myself again. Never thinking. Like, it never entered my mind that it 
they could be telling me I have cancer. And jokingly, this whole way through, because the girl's like, oh, you're back. I'm like, hey, worst case scenario. Whoops, I'll get a boob job out of this, mm. which I'd been thinking about doing anyway. You know, put them back where they were before I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Went in. The nurse was like, well, we've got good no- news. There's no signs of cancer. I was like, awesome. Thanks. She's like, now it's up to you. You can just leave it um, and we'll check it again you know, in, in six months just to make sure nothing has changed. Um, or I can give you the, some surgeons and you can discuss with them about having it taken out just with your family history. I'm like, all right. So I got um, the surgeon's information um, through City of Hope, actually. That's who my surgeons were. Um, went to them and she said the same thing. She's like, look, biopsy says no signs of cancer. Um, there was atypical cell development. And in my mind, knowing enough medical, I'm like, well, atypical is not normal. Cancer is not normal cell development. But still, they said it was not cancer. So she's like, we can just watch it and check on it in six months or I can take it out. I'm like, look, with my family history and me not doing anything normal, let's just take it out. Mm-hmm. And my husband was with me at that time. He's like, yeah, let's just take it out so then we don't have to worry about it. So she's like, okay, I'm going to order an MRI because I like to know what I'm getting into. Look at all the blood flow and everything Mm -hmm. around. She goes, they'll call you and say they need to do an ultrasound. Don't panic. That's just the chain of events. And that's exactly what they did. I said, you're going to do an ultrasound and possible bilateral biopsy. And I'm like, no, it's just an ultrasound. They're like, well, here it says possible bilateral ultrasound. I'm like, no, I I mean, biopsy. biopsy. I'm like, no, I already had the biopsy. So I'm thinking they've just got things all messed up backwards. I'm like, fine, whatever. Just get me in. So I go in, they do the ultrasound and they're like, and they were looking at a different spot. They were looking under my right. So my original biopsy was on my right. They were looking at under my armpit on my right and on my left, right above my nipple. And I was like, whatever. Something showed up on the mammogram, the ultrasound MRI. Okay. They did MRI. Two more masses showed up on my left. Um, that didn't show up on the mammogram and they saw a thickening in the lymph nodes in my right armpit and they're like all right we're going to do a biopsy to on a spot on the left um we won't do the one behind the nipple unless something comes back from the other the one above it she goes because that's an mri ultra uh, biopsy that's super painful i was like yay and then so they biopsied there and then they biopsied my lymph nodes under my right that's when i got concerned knowing my mom had But still, again, I had... How much time has happened from your, like... (laughs) Funny you say that. I went through... I literally went through this morning and gave myself PTSD writing down dates. So my biopsy was October 28th that came back... 2018. 2018 that came back... Good. Not cancer. Okay. Okay. Um, My MRI wasn't till middle of November. Okay. That's the same year. That six-week week. Yep. About 10 days later, the ultrasound. And then um, my, so I haven't even had a lumpectomy at this point. I haven't even had any other than the biopsies. Um, So that all came back. I didn't hear anything more about that, that there was any issue or anything. Scheduled my surgery with my oncologist surgeon, um, December 17th, had the lumpectomy on the right. the biopsy of the other two spots came back fine. Mm-hmm. So they just did that lumpectomy. That was right before Christmas 2018. And she's like, you know, we'll have the path results to you in five to 10 days. She's like, with Christmas, it might be a little bit longer and I'm going to be back on the East Coast. But as soon as I hear something, I'll call you. Driving back from San Diego on the 27th, 
the office calls me and she's like, just confirming your follow-up tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember that. But, you know, last time I saw you, I was drugged out of my mind. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'll possible. be there. <laughs> Figuring it was wound check, follow-up, no big deal. I go in and, you know, how's everything doing? Checks it all. And she's like, I've got the pathology back. Sorry it took a bit longer. She goes, the hospital was having trouble reading it and wasn't comfortable reading it. So they sent it to City of Hope Pathology. Um. And she took a breath and I was like, okay, you know, I'm still, I'm like, still. whatever. And you're by yourself. I'm by myself because I'm thinking it's a wound check. Nobody else. She's like, it came back as um, ductal carcinoma in situ. And me having, I also at EMT, so I, you know, I know carcinoma you know, cancer. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So she's like, what it was, there was cancer in one of the milk ducts. She's like, but it was in one location. It hadn't spread or anything else. So we got it all. I was like, okay, cool. Now what? It was, you know, I don't want to say I felt like I got kicked in the chest, but I was caught, definitely caught off guard because I'd been told this whole way through it was nothing. And I was like, wow, that was a bit of a surprise. She goes, well, yes and no. Um, she's like, sometimes these come back biopsies. She's like, the best way I can describe it is it's like a piece of Swiss cheese. They go into one spot. It came back clear. Had they moved a couple of millimeters any other direction, maybe it wouldn't have. Um, she's like, so you definitely made the right choice having it taken out. Um, cause it wasn't there on my mammogram the previous year. So what would have happened if you didn't have it taken out? That's the question. It was stage zero cause it was still contained, right. but it was grade two. I had a five centimeter mass. Jesus. <laughs> on which side? On the right? On the right. Or on the right. But Nothing I never felt it. Did anything come up on the left? No. They just seemed appeared to be cysts. So there's two things here that I want to kind of go back to. Mm-hmm. Number one, the fact that you've had these different style of tests. So I heard MRI, ultrasound, like, so just kind of educating listeners that yeah. not one test fits all. Right. And depending on your breast and your individual need and where a mass may be in your body, a different test can figure out what the actual issue is. And so at, if you have a gut feeling or if you feel something and, and you constantly hear this, no, you're okay. Go the extra step, get that additional test or get it removed, get it tested, you know, deeper, just what you did. I mean, if you yeah, wouldn't well, have advocated. The, the MRI and the ultrasound weren't even my choice. My surgeon, she's like, I like to know what I'm getting into before I start cutting. Mm-hmm. I like to know where the blood flow looks like and everything else. She goes, I can often tell if it is actually a cancer mass in there hiding because there'll be an increase in blood flow because they do it with contrast. So that contrast will take really quickly to that area, but then it'll dissipate really quickly. Mm. So it gives me an idea. There's like a, an extra blood flow happening there. Um, so I think she had a feeling deep down that yes, it potentially was, but she didn't want to, get me alarm you alarmed about mm-hmm. it. so by the time i found out i had cancer i'd already had it out so <laughs> the, the okay, this is how my brain works those of you that have worked out with me you'll get this um i never really felt like i had cancer mm. because by the time i knew it it was no longer there i know that's just my brain's way of rationalizing it but because everyone kept going oh my god are you okay i'm like i'm fine i'm fine I'm no different than I was before, except they just said I had cancer. I so don't you didn't have, have you didn't have any radiation or chemotherapy. So I was, and I said to her, I said, okay, so now what? She goes, well, you've got two choices. You can do radiation, um, which is just downstairs in the same building, or you can have a mastectomy. I was like, 
why am I going to go that extreme? Um, we did the genetic testing at that point just to see. Um, the BRCA1 and 2 gene came back fine. However, again, me being me, um, at the ATM gene came back um, as mutated, which is another gene apparently at this point they don't, from what I've been able to tell, don't really know how much it plays a role. It does play a role, but they're not quite sure. Like with BRCA, they say, you know, up to 80% chance. Everything I'm reading is like maybe 30, maybe 50. There's no real solid numbers on that. So, I mean, if anyone knows any of that, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So I do have a genetic mutation, but of course, not a common one that other everyone has research on. Um, so at that point, we're like, well, we'll just do the radiation. My mum did radiation. Her oncologist after four years like, look, just don't come back to me unless you think there's an issue. Um because she was so healthy. So I was like, we'll just do the radiation. It was 20 sessions. I went down. Um, that was the beginning of January. Um, met with them, found out everything I need. She's like, look, it's going to take you longer to get here, get changed in the actual process. Went for the, I guess they call it a fitting or the measuring. I got my three little tattoos to add to my collection. And they said, we'll come back in next week and we'll do a dry run to make sure everything's right. Um, the lead radiation tech said, did you have a post-op mammogram done? I'm like, no. I said, because the cancer didn't show up on that. So they said, there's no need, we got it all. And he's like, well, all right, well, I'll talk to the doctor and find out what she wants to do. So of course, then she decides, you know what, let's do one. So then my mind's like, great. Cause at this point, every time I've been imaged, Something, something else is showing up. up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like having imaging anxiety mm-hmm. to the nines. So they scheduled that for the Monday. I think I was in with them on a Wednesday. The post-op mammogram was a Monday. They're like, all right, we'll send the results through to the radiation doctor, which is, you know, normally they tell you right then everything's fine. It's like, that's strange. I didn't hear from her Monday. I didn't hear from her Tuesday. So I called. They're like, oh, she's not here today. Um, try it tomorrow. Okay, so I call and I later they answer the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get hold of her. I'm trying to find out what my mammogram results are because I'm supposed to start my radiation treatments on Friday, Monday at the latest. She goes, oh, your radiation's been canceled. You have to have surgery again. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) And so this is at 9.45 on a Wednesday. I'm down on my field at work. Kids coming down the hill for recess. Just 300 of them. It's okay. And this lady's like, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just like, yeah, your radiation treatments would be canceled because you have to have surgery again. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Like, she's like, and you could hear in her voice, she's like, oh, you didn't. Nobody's know. called you yet. <laughs> um, let me have your surgeon call you. I said, yeah, have my surgeon call me. Beep beep beep. Yesterday, and I'm like bawling, but I'm like, okay, I got my sunglasses on. The kids can't see. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on here? Like, I thought the shakes just talking yeah, about this. Yeah. Um, like, had I not called? Like, when were they going to call? And I think it was just, you know, a miscommunication. But the girl doing the scheduling is now telling me, oh, you're not having radiation. radiation. You're having- yeah. So my surgeon calls. She's like, I hadn't called you yet because I just got everything through this morning. I wanted all your films so I could look and compare and make sure. She's like, what it is, same side, there's some more spots cl- higher up that look very similar. And she's like, because your biopsy came back false negative last time, I'm concerned 
that if we just go in and biopsy, we're going to have the same results. I would like to take it out. I said, okay, that's fine. She's like, you can come in. I'll show you. I said, no, if you're saying that, I, I trust you. Right. Just wasn't the way I was planning just on hearing about it. You know. Um, and because the way they did mine. Just, I'm a human and I have a life. And when I heard about I it, I was like, ready at work to right that. now trying to hold my stuff together. And this one, my husband doesn't even know because I'm at work. And he's at work. So I was like, well, I'm not going to ruin his day. His day. Yeah, yeah, I'll just ruin mine. Um, so, yeah, that was crazy. Um, that was like the end of January 2019. Um, and they scheduled me for a lumpectomy number two um, on the same side, um, beginning of February. Those ones came back, no carcinoma, um, but they did come back again with the atypical hyperplasia cell development. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading through my pathology results, I called her and I was like, look, I'm looking at this. And the wording is exactly the same as the original. She's like, yep. I said, so you're basically telling me it wasn't cancer yet. She's like, pretty much. Pretty much. She's like, if you want to think of it as precancerous cells, she goes, she goes, it wasn't there yet. She's like, but chances are it would eventually, whether it's a year from now, five years now, 10 years from now. Um, I said, so where do we go now? She's like, well, again, you can just have the, 20 sessions of radiation she goes we do have to re-measure because everything's changed Changed shape again um or you can still have that mastectomy if you want and i was like that's pretty dramatic so it was radiation Um, or mastectomy yeah it was the option yeah you know she's like whatever you want either either way she's like my concern is that because you've had now this diagnosis every six months at your screening something else is going to show up and they're going to be let's biopsy this let's cut on this let's and become a pin cushion. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, I can't make any decisions right now. She's like, that's fine. I said, I want to meet with the plastic surgeon and find out the whole process. What am I, because I'd heard about this flat process and I was like, whoa, you're mm-hmm. taking what from like what? my Putting back what? muscles yeah. and my <laughs> abdominal, whoa, I don't need to, I'm not a cosmetic person. I'm not a frou-frou, like all about appearances, but I'm like, dude, I don't need my back and my stomach looking like a train track with scar lines. I know well, that I also sounds- think that you're functional. Like you I- want to use your body. You're an athlete. Yeah. So it's like, you want your body in one Yeah. I want to intact. still be able to do what I can do <laughs> intact and alive. Um, you know, I know that sounds really shallow and, but that no. was kind of my thought process at the time. And I was like, well, you have, you know what you have, it's a, <laughs> It's not shallow at all. What it is is like it's okay to want your body to be what it is. Right? You know, I mean, I've managed two legs, to con- two arms, and, and some ab muscles. I've managed to conceal breasts. my C-section scar or my, you know, other bits of like. Come on, can we? I just want to look like a woman. It's not right. shallow. Trust me. It's not, you know, an athletic woman. I still wear a bikini, and I'm damn proud of it at my age. And um, speaking you know, of that, how old were you when? all of this so when I got my diagnosis I'd actually just turned 43 three. yeah I, birthday, like, I, I can tell you my I know your stats the, I know your stats I'm 44 <laughs> pushing 45 in a couple of months end of November whatever Super I don't young. care uh, I've got to the point I'm like I don't care mm-hmm. I'm doing better than most 44 year olds yes, yes. Um, so yeah that's kind of where that was um, met with a plastic surgeon that was a nightmare getting in because trying to work insurance and everything else she was on vacation they couldn't get me in for six weeks and I said look can you just get me on the books I know it takes forever to get in with specialists Mm -hmm. just put me down we'll work out 
the insurance thing as we go. Just so. She literally couldn't get me in for like four to six weeks. So mid-March, met with her. Super, super nice lady. Her and my surgeon do a lot of reconstructions together. Um, she's like, here's what happened. She's like, yeah, you could go with this flap process. She's like, but I don't think you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got enough tissue there um, that we can save everything. Um, she'll just take out the breast tissue internally, all skin and nipple and everything will be fine. Um, she's like, I, you know, I put an expander in and I make that bigger. And then, you know, three months after that, we'll take that out and we'll put an implant in. We'll make the other side match as best we can. She did say, you've got to understand because one's going to be completely fake and one's not, they're not going to be identical. Um, so yeah. So you opted for that. I did. I well, <laughs> I went back and forward and back and mm-hmm. forward and back and forward. And, and I can't even say daily I changed my mind. It was more like minutely, minutely. and hourly <laughs> because I would be like, okay, I'll have the surgery. But you know, and no, then no, I'm like, I don't well, want to do that. <laughs> if I do the radiation, I'll be done with all of this in four weeks. And this whole thing is done and I can move on in life. Mm-hmm. What okay, was the, I'll do what the was, radiation. What was the most important thing on your mind making that decision? What was the thing that you went back to every single time that ultimately led to the decision you made? Not having to go through this again. Mm. I was like, what my chance of reoccurrence? And then I was like, well, okay, 4% or whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Mom had hers done 20 years ago and she's been fine. So um, so the length of the radiation treatment would have been four weeks. And what was the yeah. length of the mastectomy and the reconstruction? So like, what was the kind of, when you were looking at the reason why you wanted to go with radiation, it was because it was a short term? It was just shorter. And in my mind, I could put all of this chapter in my life behind me in four weeks and move on. But the other option was what, six months? Um, well, the, I couldn't get in for the surgery. So not shallow, but I was already going back to Australia for the month of July last year. Um, so <laughs> You're kind of messing up my vacation right and, now. <laughs> and being a teacher, they're like, well, we could do it. You know, it was probably best if we do it over the summer so you can just heal without. I said, well, I'm going back to Australia for the whole month of July, so I couldn't do it till August. And... <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Our, my son just peeked through the window. <laughs> Little peeker. Um, if mine was here, he'd be doing the same thing. Because we're pulling faces. right now. <laughs> no, it's summertime. We're not schooling. It's, uh, yeah, it's summertime. I yeah. keep getting that fight. <laughs> it's my summer vacation. Why do I have to read? Because you'll be stupid if you don't. Um, his whole theory is, I don't have to read. I'll get a wife that will support me. I was like, oh, oh snap. Oh, wow. Oh, snap. I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about that one later, buddy. Um, so, yeah, it was... I couldn't get in to do my mastectomy well I chose not to I should say to do my mastectomy till August okay um, so I had good four or five months in there and still went back and forward back and forward and funnily enough the one that was the calmest with it was my husband <laughs> like he fakes it really well he's been in medicine with the with the host card for 24 years you know he he plays he's like that duck cool calm and collected on the top but inside it's just like <laughs> um and I'm like, I don't know, what do I do? He's like, why don't you just do the surgery? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's just a boob. It's not who you are. He's like, and then we don't have to worry about this again. Mm-hmm. He's like, every six months, if you go with radiation, what happens when something else shows up and something else shows up, something else? He's like, I don't care. If you want to go that way, just do it. And I went, well, I could get a nice rack out of this, I guess. <laughs> Well, it's so funny how men can just men can just men can just think so 
rationally like it's a it for, it's just a boob but for us it's like it's where i feed my child my child it's a part of my body it's- well the funny thing is is once you've had kids like the whole purpose of them changes they, <laughs> like, I don't they, need it anymore. they no longer become like this look at me out there sort of thing it's like dude that's that's my kids so back off it's you know mm-hmm. um so i think that it concerned me like what his perception would be mm-hmm. but knowing that he was like whatever he was good. It doesn't matter who you he are. Was I mean, you're cricket boobs. <laughs> uh, at that point, it already was because cricket. the second sex part they took out was on top, and that's when I was like, mm, I don't like how that looks. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the way I went and had that done August of last year. And it's funny because you know you Google it and you go on Pinterest and you look at all these blogs and I was like, all right, I need to have this and make sure I've got all this stuff ready that I might need and I take time off of work because you know they say you're going to be laid up for like a week and not be able to do anything. Please. <laughs> so I had that done August 21st, but again, this is me. Um, I'm a bit of a hard charge. <laughs> I don't sit still long. (laughs) Is something burning? Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) They'll figure it out. They got a kid in the building? Probably. Um, So I had that done August 19th of last year. Um, It was a Monday. Got released from hospital on the Tuesday. My school's son, uh, my son's school district does a teacher meet and greet the day before school. That's, you don't find out they're a teacher until the day before. Um, So literally they picked me up at hospital at two. His meet and greet was at 2.30, and we had to go past the school on the way home, so we stopped at school. Oh, my met goodness. Met with the teacher, and my son had his wristband on. She's like, oh, you're at Great Wolf Lodge. I was like, no. He was at hospital. I've, I've been in a hospital. Um, I just got released, and she looked at me. I'm like, it's okay. I'll send you an email and fill you in. <laughs> she was looking at me like I'm crazy. So, yeah, I left. I had a mastectomy Monday, left Tuesday, met my teacher's son Tuesday morning. I hadn't missed a first day of school for him. Um, I walked him to school the very next day. Wow. Super mom. Drains and all. What drain and all. Um, but my doctor's like, no, I want you using that arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't carry anything, but I want you moving it. I want you, you know, don't open and close car doors or the refrigerator or carry a plate, but move it. But move it. Um, which was a godsend because I hear about so many people that end up with locked shoulders mm-hmm. and I haven't shoulders, had any yeah. mobility issues. Actually, my other shoulder, I think, is worse. Um so yeah, I mean the drain was honestly the worst part. Mm-hmm. I hardly took my pain meds. I, I wow. thought I'd be in bed laid up, ringing the bell for waiter service for a week. And, you're and fine. my mum actually flew back out. I'd been in Australia for five weeks, and um, I don't remember if I had told her that I was having the surgery. I think I dropped that on her like when I was there. <laughs> Poor mom. Um, so the day I left, she's like, look. I'm thinking, would you mind if I come back, come back for 10 days, just help in case you need help more, more with, with my son, getting him to school mm-hmm. and everything else. And I was like, eh, if you want, sure. Um, so she did. I was back like 10 days and my mom came out and helped, Aww. helped out for a bit. And so we'd go for like three and five mile walks each day because I had nothing else to do. Um So yeah, wow. that was. The other thing I was going to say when you were sharing your kind of the process of getting diagnosed is I kind of want to talk about this because I feel like a lot of women get their screening done in October <laughs> because I think it's you know breast yeah. cancer awareness it's like oh, everyone yeah. goes mad Didn't dash to that. check their breast right but what ends up happening from that is you start getting your results during the holidays 
Yeah. And you're dealing with this during the holidays. And so you're not the only one. I constantly hear of, oh, I got my results right before Thanksgiving. And then, you know, you're having to cope with this news through the holidays and seeing family. And maybe it's meant to be. Maybe it's that's when you're supposed to get news like maybe this. Maybe it's because you're happy then. when you're eating a lot <laughs> and around your family. I don't know. But if you're set for your 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 mammograms, it's October. Just everything change it to January. Change it to January. Get through the year. Tend yes. it to not 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to go back in next week and have my left one done because um, all my ultrasounds have come back fine. They're like, oh, so you can just go back to your regular scheduled mammogram. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> um, but actually probably the biggest hurdle, like the de- going back to the day that I got my diagnosis, um, my doctor's like, so what's going through your mind right now? And I'm like, honestly, she's like, yeah, I'm like, how not to tell my mom? Mm. She was like, what do you mean? I said, well, she's out here visiting right now because she came out for Christmas. She flies back to Australia tonight. She's at home packing her bags right now. She's like, well, why don't you want her to know? I said, because she won't leave. Not that I don't want my mom to leave, but she She'll change her. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I have to stay. I have to help you out. Um, Even though she wouldn't let me fly home to help her out. Um, I said, I have to figure out how to keep it from her till she gets home and then I can tell her because she's far enough away then that she, she can't just jump back on the plane mm-hmm. um, yeah that didn't go so well You ended up because my appointment we are all thinking it's a wound check home in th- I'm like oh back in like 30 minutes like an hour and a half later so I walked in she's like so how'd that go I'm like fine <laughs> she's like you were gone a long time yeah what's she saying nothing <laughs> impossible Emma? you can't keep anything from your what? Mom. what did she say I could tell there's something wrong. Fine. She said, I have ductal carcinoma. Okay, fine. And I walked off. And I said it just like that. And I turned around and walked off. I didn't even cry. And I just stormed off to my bedroom. Like, you messed up my plan. Like, not telling you. Boy, a little brat. Like, I just got told I couldn't have ice cream or something. Um, and then, you know, she demolished, of course. So, you know, she did the, I'm sorry, it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. I gave you crappy jeans. I'm like, how'd you give me crappy jeans? Like, it's not your fault. You're like, you didn't, I'm a complete badass. You didn't put it there. <laughs> I want um, your jeans, Emma. <laughs> and so people go, you know, have, has she since had genetic testing? I'm like, no. They're like, why? I'm like, because I don't need her to feel like she has shitty jeans. Jeans, yeah. Um, you know, chances are it probably has come down the line, but, you know. Can't control that. Yeah, it is Can't. what it is. So how did you find Barbells for Boobs? You know, it was funny because during this whole process, I remember having seen... Because you were in CrossFit. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 remember, I remember having seen something about barbells for boobs. And I was like, what? During this time, I was like, what is that? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Like, I honestly, I think I thought it was like like a CrossFit gym for girls. Like, chicks only. I, I don't even know. And I kind of looked at them and I was like, oh. And I kind of started going through the stuff. And I was like, oh, there's this on support, online support group. Yeah, let me see. And this was prior to my mistake. Because I was like, well, maybe I can put feelers out and get some like legit information mm-hmm. from people of their experiences. Um, Cause a friend of mine previous to my diagnosis had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and so now we were five years in remission actually this month, next month. Um, and she's like, look, you know, I've got a support group with you. I was like, all right, let's do this. So we went to the support group one night and I couldn't go back. That's what I hear. Rob. It was just a general cancer support group. And don't get me wrong, there were awesome people, but I was like, I don't fit here. It's like depressing. I, I don't want to 
say they were really sick people, but like one guy had terminal brain cancer and he's got like this cap on with all these electrodes. That's the first thing I see when I walk in, right? Everybody else has had chemo of varying degrees and here's me that I just had this lump taken out and you know, shit, cancer, but I haven't I haven't done the radiation thing and I haven't done the chemo thing, so I almost felt like I didn't fit in yeah. with the community. You didn't, have, you didn't have enough cancer. I wasn't sick. You didn't have enough cancer. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have cancer enough. <laughs> enough. I wasn't cancered enough. Um, and even still, like, my friend, she can't even say the word cancer. She calls it the C word because it mm. throws her offline. I, I throw it around like, you know, yeah, tomato. It's crazy how it I throw it around like a five pound so weight. differently. Yeah. You know? I, and I think for me, I'm like, it doesn't define who I am. It's like mm-hmm. a blip on the radar in my life. It's, you know, and I've already decided that if, going through my regular mammograms, I've always said, look, for me, it's not a if, it's a when. Mm-hmm. And people are like, that's very pessimistic. I'm like, well, that's kind of realistic because you've got to look at my family history. Yeah. Chances are sometimes something's going to show up that they're going to question. And so, if not for you, maybe generationally yeah. it, would, it would show up. You know, up. if I set my mind to when and it never shows up, sweet. But if I set my mind to if and it shows up, then I'm going to be devastated, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I've turned around now and I've said it to my husband. I said, if something should ever sh- ever show up on the left I'm, and they're going to be like, we're going to buy up to I'm like, nope, you're just going to take it. Just take it. Just take it. Had I known that I had the option to have them both done in the beginning, <laughs> you would have both look, that. I mean, they, they both look pretty good now, but they both look fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm actually getting ready to book um, with my plastic surgeon for a revision on my left. Because okay. as she says, I have soft scar tissue, so it's actually settled a bit. Um, so they're going to go in and do a, a lift and a tuck on that. And, but yeah, so... Thankfully, I actually got my exchange surgery right before all of this stuff went down with coronavirus Mm -hmm. at the end of January. Um, Was back at my gym. I had just re-upped my membership. I'd been back in the gym three days and we got shut down. Oh. (laughs) I was like, damn it, I could have saved some money. Oh. But, you know, I helped with them. I just paid my dues through the whole thing. They programmed at home. Mm -hmm. They lent us lent us equipment out which was awesome and so you got engaged with us first through the support group and then yeah. we started and then COVID and happened then, and, and then COVID happened um, and then we just kind of just were just followed you around all the time I know you like stalking <laughs> me I haven't left you alone like Lord forbid I don't log on for a workout one day somebody's all cranky Jonah's like where were you yesterday I was like sorry I did a different workout everybody expected me to take my top off so let me go into that a little bit because people have heard am I topless Tuesday I need to know more about that it's just I got really hot one day working out and I took my t-shirt off I still have my sports bra on and it somehow was like topless Tuesdays and now it's a thing it's a thing at Rabbi Emma's topless every day I still had clothes on I just had my sports bra and shorts on but yeah so once you, I don't care how I look. So once you dug into Barbells for Boobs a little bit more, you were like, oh, this is the this is the group. I was like, this, this is my these are my people. It could be kind of fun. And then so yeah, I just had my mastectomy mid-August. And I was like, okay, oh, they're doing all these funners. So I did my me being me, I like burpees. <laughs> I see the look on your face like you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> um, so I did a dollar a burpee <laughs> for your in October because yeah right <laughs> why not I was like nobody at my gym's gonna, they're not gonna throw that much in 
Yes, they will. Oh, I'm a freaking idiot. Well, they will. We, they will like create plans. Well, we also <laughs> launched it on the first um, open workout for the CrossFit Games mm. Open. So every Friday night with the open, my gym, we do a massive thing. It's big potluck and being such a diverse community. I mean, it's not like pizza and chips. It's like fresh homemade um, musubis and sushi and pizza and pastries. I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So I'll do this this day, won't I? So, you know, I did the workout. So it was my first workout. Um, it's my third workout after my surgery. And then they made me get up and talk. And I was like, so there's a bucket here, you know, <laughs> throw in what you guys feel like for whatever you, whatever you throw in. I'll do a burpee. You know me. Have a new boob. It's cool. <laughs> well, I didn't even have that at the time. I had an expander. And everyone's like, how does that feel? I said, well, I like to describe it as I have one boob that had a really good night's sleep and a super perky. And the other one, there's not enough caffeine in the world to help it. Because <laughs> um, I only had the one expander. And um, so, you know, there's some fives and some whatever throwing, but one guy comes up to my coach. My coach comes to me, he's like, hey, so-and-so just threw, he freaking threw in a stinking $100 bill. <laughs> I was like, gosh, darn it. <laughs> so at the end of that night, I said to my coaches, hey, I'm going home, take whatever's in the bucket, mm-hmm. just put it away for me. And they called me the next day. She's like, this is, it was like 200 and something in the bucket just from that night. She goes, we want to match it. Oh, I was like, <laughs> dirty. I was like, hold up, let me let me clarify what we're matching first. Are we matching the like? Jamie and Lexi, you're gonna do the burpees with me matching. Like, I'll do two hundred or something, and you're gonna match them because I know you two don't like burpees. So that was a legitimate question. Question. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. They're going to match me with burpees. Oh no, they were financially matching. <laughs> Whatever the gym members had put in that day. They matched. And they were going to do the Tell burpees. everyone what the gym that you train at. I am with Torrance Training Lab. Yes. In, and they're um, amazing. In Torrance. Jamie. With Jamie and Lexi Higaya. 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 Yeah. yeah. They're awesome. Long time, long time supporters of us. Um, so yeah, they did that. And then we kept it actually going. I said, you know, I'll close it off and I'll do the remainder of the burpees after my birthday, which is Thanksgiving. So by the end of it, um, with outside donations from family and friends and whatever else, I think I ended up at like 240, uh, 1247. Ooh. Like I got all the cool things. I got the sweats. Like, I got the t-shirts. <laughs> I got the Yeti. I got the planner that's right Did here. Did you get Yeti? I didn't get Yeti. Oh. I think I might've been just under that, but you know, I got all the cool, cool swag and I'm in my corner and I'm doing my burpees. And then I was working out at 5 a.m. at that time so I could work out and get to work and be home to help my kid with his homework. And one of the girls, she's like, I got you, Emma. You got like 10 left. Let's go. And she gets down there with me and she's doing them with me. And I'm like, oh, people are like, how did you just do 700 and something? Because I split them. Um, so I did the 700 and change at the end. I'm like, you know what? You just get in the mindset and you just throw yourself down and pick yourself back up. <laughs> Don't know that I'll be doing the burpees this year. Um, it's a great idea, though. Well, during this whole COVID thing, our gym thought it'd be a great idea on a Saturday to do a burpee challenge. How many burpees can you do in an hour? Yeah. No. The look on your face was like, yeah, no. No. I'm yeah. not participating. 547. You know what that does? <laughs> you did it? I had a goal of 600, but I was injuries. <laughs> it creates emotional exhaustion for the next week. Like I said, injuries. 
tired. Is that, was, is that when you were on the Radwad for a week? Probably. <laughs> Probably. So, yeah. Wow. That's how I found you guys. And then you started doing these Zoom workouts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we are just crushing it. a whole it. different little group. Yeah. Group it's of a us totally there. different group for right. sure. <laughs> you know, you're talking about not cancer enough. Um, I look at Mariah with her perfectly bald head rocking it out there, and I was like, She's so amazing. <sighs> That's when I like, I didn't have cancer enough. Yeah, I'm not, not like, I'm, I'm not cancer enough. Like, there's just so many. If you know, people find out you had cancer and they automatically jump to, you had chemo and you, you lost all your hair and you were yep, really yep. sick, and I was never sick. I didn't find the lump myself. I mean, every time I went into hospital, they're like, I'm looking at your labs. You shouldn't be here. I'm like, no shit. Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday at the doctor, my blood pressure was like 88 over 57. Yeah, I shouldn't be. But, you know, it doesn't pick and choose. It Does just is like. Discriminate. If we were at the beach the other day and we are talking so a topic came up and I was like well here we've got six of us girls and I'll pick two out there well I took the breast cancer thing mm-hmm. for you all now you can all figure something else yes. I took the one in eight um, <laughs> yeah. that group over there they have to figure out they, their own, yeah, their, own their, turn. their own martyr I'll take martyrism <laughs> for you guys no it's a, yeah. it's a true stat I mean there's one of eight girls in my family and you know my sister yeah. had it and passed from it and so it's it's a real sad yeah and, and you know my sister and I now we're like okay are we, are we done with this cancer thing <laughs> like no other girl in our family gets it right <laughs> one would hope one would and, and that's the big thing is I don't have a daughter but I have a niece mm-hmm. um and my sister-in-law said to me she's like well what I said well I do have a genetic mutation they don't know how much of a role it takes it's not the in quotations, the big one, the bracket that everybody knows about. I said, but you know, when she's older, she should. I would have her tested. Mm-hmm. Um, even just for your peace of mind, be aware that there is some kind of a genetic predisposition. Yep. I don't know if it was from my mom or from my dad because it can be carried by males. Um, I could have gotten it from both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out and ask them on their 70th birthday here and be like, hey, can you guys go get tested so I know who gave me the... It, it doesn't matter. It is what it is. Well, the I think the, the, the fact is and the hope is that you now know and you can give that gift to the future generations. Yeah. Like, not going backwards and trying to ask your parents, but at least you know now and you can course correct well, it. You had that conversation on Sunday on that Zoom. It's like, you can't can't go back and be like, oh, I wish, wish I I'd. looked like mm-hmm. I did when I was 20. It, it's it's not going to work. You're a whole different person. Yeah. No um, reaching backwards. Because when you reach backwards, you almost limit your potential. Yeah. In my opinion, because for me, I'm like, I hear it all the time. Like, Oh, I want, I want my back squat before my, before cancer back squat. And I'm like, what if it's more? Right. What if you're better? Well, I just did a that's workout. What, that's what I'm, I'm on seeing Friday. women are better after breast cancer. I'm seeing them do more after breast cancer. So why limit your potential to what you used to be? Yeah. I just did the it's chief hero award on, I think it was Wednesday. I and I beat, I looked it up. Pound my, jerk, so well, I my like, log on it, the last time I did it was the 18th of August, 2018. So it was the week before my mammogram that started mm-hmm. this whole thing. And I beat it by around and like three reps. Because mm-hmm. you're better. 18 months later. Um, my strength better. hasn't faulted. Um, after having the mastectomy, you know, I was, well, after the... <laughs> After the first lumpectomy, you know, the doctor's like, you can't do, lift anything more than five yeah. pounds for like five days. 
<laughs> She's over there doing grease. <laughs> no, I went in on day six and I did Chad. Oh, so for those that don't know, Chad is a thousand box step ups at 20 inches with 35 pounds in a pack. <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to be lifting more than I think it was like 20 pounds. So it was like, well, if I put one 25 pound in my backpack, that spreads it between two, you know, I'm rationalizing it. And that's what I did. Um, you know, a hundred step ups in, I was like, God, I still have 900 to go. What am I doing? <laughs> um, but that's me. Like as soon as I can, I you will. will. Well, um, you're going to, you're going to test your limits. Always. And I think that when they're setting those guidelines, which I, you know, doctors need to set guidelines Absolutely. for women, but at the end of the day, like women, we know our bodies. We all know what we're capable of. The guidelines are set, honestly. To keep them safe. For liability Absolutely. issues. Absolutely. And, and I totally get it. But um, you are a woman. Like, seeing Mariah in our Zoom classes, we, we host a Zoom class four days a week for our community. Join us. It's fun. Join us. It's fun. It's 9 a.m. This, this is a little commercial. It it's is. 9 a.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> Join Coach Jonna, the red one. But she shows up. She's in treatment. And she's yeah. crushing the workouts. And I guarantee you, her her doctors are like... She what- deadlifted like 115 yeah, the other day. Here's me God. with my 45 pound bar because that's all I've gotten two like bands on it trying to make it more difficult. And she's like, bam, trying bam. To, like, bam. I was like... Bad badass than Mariah. Like, I got you, Mariah. <laughs> I saw that. I had, to, I had to log in for that one. I, like, I got to watch this. Yeah. There's, no, there's some healthy competition, but I think we're all from the mindset background that like if I didn't have this... I think I'd be in a really different place mentally. Hmm. Keisha's going to love this. Being, <laughs> Explain. <laughs> being able to lift or even just stay physically active mm-hmm. was my mental sanity. Again, you know, yeah. I was working out at 5 a.m., which I am not a morning person. Like, I don't drink coffee, but don't talk to me till like noon. Yeah. Um, but I'd go in and work out at 5 a.m. And Please tell me all your PE classes are afternoon. Uh, <laughs> did you have any morning PE Yeah, I, I did, but not till like this last couple of years. They went to like 10. Um, but uh, my 5 a.m.ers at the training lab, they were my support mm-hmm. group. They're always like, how are you doing? What's up? You know, and, you know, I'd, I'd have some breakdowns at 5 a.m. Um, but they were always there to pick me up and. People that don't CrossFit don't, don't get, get it. it. It's it's not about the workouts. It's not about the lifting. It's it's an emotional bond that you build with people. It's about the people. That are, like, God forbid anything should happen to my Zoomers from Radwad. <laughs> I'd be totally, like, Kristen in Jersey. I mean, I'd be devastated. But, Matt, but wait until the moment you actually meet them in person. But Kristen and I decided when we can do this... <laughs> She's a little crazy too. That yeah, no, we geez. have to team up and do a competition. <laughs> Somewhere between animal. Jersey and here, we have to team up and do a competition. <laughs> I'd team up with any of them. I mean, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, all yeah. of it. So, what has been your biggest lesson from breast cancer? Don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. But also, just I mean, I've never let it define me. Mm-hmm. Um. Most people didn't even know. Um, I told my immediate family, like my parents, my brother. Um, the hardest thing was telling my son. I didn't know how to tell him. Um, after my mom left, when I had gotten my diagnosis, um, he started having really bad um, sleeping issues. Um, but it was almost going back to, he was seven at the time, going back to having a newborn. He'd, mm-hmm. he'd wake up like three or four times a night and it would take me like an hour, hour and a half to get him back to sleep. 
um, didn't want to let me out of his sight. But he didn't know. No. I have a, an extremely empathic and intuitive child. Um, he gets that from both his dad and I, but more his dad. Uh, he knew. I didn't want to believe that he knew. He knew something wasn't right because right. I was always going to doctor's appointments. And I don't, I don't even go to the doctor once a year for a checkup. I don't go to the doctor unless I'm sick. So he knew something wasn't right. He didn't know what it was. So it wasn't until we were in Australia, <clears throat> like even my lumpectomies. <laughs> that summer when you went in August. Yeah. Okay. Last summer. Yeah. But even with my lumpectomies, dropped him at school, went you to went. the hospital, he didn't had my surgery. I was home before he got home from school. He knew I'd gone in for a little procedure. I said, but I'll be home by the time you are from school. Because I, did, I didn't need to worry a seven-year-old mm-hmm. with something that he, I don't think he understands. Um, when we were in Australia, he and I went for a walk, and I was like, look, bud, I need to talk to you. There'd been a TV show on the night before, and I were talking about cancer. And I was like, I was like, hey, remember that TV show we watched last night and I was talking about cancer? He's like, yeah. And he's, you know, eight at the time. I was like, well, mommy had that. And he's like, Oh, yeah. I said, well, you know how I've been having all those doctor's appointments? He's like, yeah. I said, well, that's why. I said, it was in my chest. I said, but they got it out. I said, but when we get home, mommy's going to have one more surgery to make sure it doesn't come back. He's like, oh, okay. Hmm. I was like, you know, I'll be fine. I said, grandma's had it. And look at her. She's fine. He's like, she did. I'm like, yeah. I said, and Nana had it. He's like, oh. And then I named off some other people that friends of mine that he knew. I said, and look, we're all good. I said, so you don't need to worry. And after that, I actually saw his sleeping pattern start to change a bit. Mm. And then after my mastectomy, they definitely changed a bit and he calmed down. He, wow. you know, I had to have him in counseling for separation anxiety and all sorts of stuff. But um, thankfully, having the educational background, I do. I knew there was some I, I had to do something. Mm-hmm. But that was the hardest thing. It was trying to like because I kept saying to people, well, how do you tell your kid? They're like, just tell him. I'm like. You can't just, I don't know. Um, well, I think that kids can be our greatest teachers if yeah. we let he them totally be. He totally got that there was something off. Didn't know what mm-hmm. it was, but, you know, yeah. Wow. But yeah, don't sweat the small don't stuff. Don't sweat and the small stuff. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us, our community? <laughs> you guys are awesome. Oh. <laughs> Showing up on my doorstep on Mother's Day with flowers <laughs> and your goofy grin. She never stops laughing. Um... You and Charlene, that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, I found a home. You have found a home. Don't leave us. They stalk me now, but they found a home. (laughs) Careful, they will show up on your door. (laughs) During COVID when you're not supposed to. (laughs) Everybody was masked. Everyone was very, very responsible that day. Mine was the first stop, so it was your trial. And so you got a little closer and closer by the end of it. (laughs) We didn't really realize how aggressive that dream of connecting with all the mothers on Mother's Day was. And I think that there was this desire for human connection that day because it's May, you know, we had all been in quarantine since March. And so all I wanted for Mother's Day was to hug other mothers. Like that's all I wanted to do, um, even with a mask. And, and everybody was willing to hug me, which I was very appreciative of. I don't all know I... you. You showed up on my door, but sure, let's hug. <laughs> no, and was... the cases weren't as aggressive as they are now. So Yeah, well. That's a whole. That's a whole that's other a, podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, you know, life happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just 
another another thing that's made me who I am. Yeah, I think that COVID, the way I'm taking it is, it's not if, it's when. <laughs> so right? It's like, like it, let's face it, <laughs> it's, it, it's going to be back like the flu, but it's anyway. when we all get it. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not even going to dive down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we'll press stop. I just edit that out. Um, yeah, no, just, I don't know, be who you are. Be, be true to yourself. Awesome. Um, and you know, it doesn't have to be a death sentence. Yeah. You know, I think I think most of the recovery, yeah, there's a physical aspect, but it's a mental thing. Mm-hmm. I remember going to the dentist a couple of weeks after my diagnosis and he's like, all right, now I'm going to check all the soft tissue in your mouth. To see. And every time he touched, I was paranoid. He's going to be like, oh, what's the, like, oh, I feel a lump here. I'd yeah. Like, something yeah. happened the other week. And I just burst into tears. I forget what it was. Something hurt. And my husband's like, what's wrong? I said, this hurts. What, what, I'm like, of course, my mind automatically jumps to worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I pull up uh, Monday, I think it is, when I pull up to my screening to go for my mammogram. I'm sure I'm going to have my little, like, meltdown in the parking lot mm-hmm. we're like all right here we go again what's it gonna say because every time I got a different imaging or I was at a different appointment something else showed up and it was like just when you got just when you thought you were good sorry I remember doing grace funnily enough you mentioned that two days before or the week before my exchange surgery and I was like I was on time to beat my time for like a minute and a half I got 17 clean and jerks in and I threw my back out that was painful but I was on the floor crying for like 30 minutes and everyone's like it wasn't the pain Pain. it was the emotional frustration because I was like I felt good I was back and really now you're going to kick me and take me down again Mm -hmm. like enough already just let me be Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it is mental it is it's it's definitely yeah that's that's I think the hardest journey but I think that's what you guys make kind of an easier journey Oh, we just try to have fun, you know. <laughs> but, I, but I think that's it. I think your personality definitely, you know, even if it's that hour a day while you're working out or something, you just forget. You're like, yeah, no, it's let's, let's just, just crazy laugh. people here. Because that's, I mean, I always say focus on what you can control. And hey, if we can laugh and have fun, then let's do that. That's that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This has Third been a time long lucky. time in the making. With this COVID thing, we've had to keep putting it off. <laughs> yeah, a long time in the making. Um, thanks to our team here at Barbells for Boobs, our sound engineer. <laughs> She's looking at me all great. It was her first time today. She's like, amazing. if it doesn't work, same there. <laughs> we've got Ryan and Carla in the background. Thank you, Emma, for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for listening in and um and just receiving Emma's story today and her lesson of don't sweat small stuff, all right, everyone? Um, I'm off to Utah right now. I'm so excited. Mesquite. It's going to be 114 degrees. It's, it's going to be warm. It's going to be warm. It's going to be warm. I'm off to the beach. I love that. I think I'm going to go surf again today. Because now it's okay to be outside. It's always been okay to be outside. And that lights out. <laughs> Behind the raw podcast. Choo-choo. Two gunfires at COVID. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha